Love Talk Radio. More live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. 30 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Like Craig Davis of FantasyFootball.com. The Audible Cecil Lamming. Paul Greco of Melnick and Greco Fantasy Sports. And the fantasy football guys Lyle Conkiel and Kevin Moore. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Guys, it's Friday night, and that means red versus blue. We have a mock draft to review and much, much more. Let's get to it. 60 seconds. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. It's a great night, Friday, July 24th. Uh, camp is a few days away, and we are, we are excited for all this action. Uh, we're going to be reviewing a uh, WCFF mock draft, 12-teamer, uh, obviously, and uh, we've, got, uh, we've got some good info in that. We also have a special guest this week, Steve Wieremski uh, from Retired Rookie. Uh, dot blogspot.com. He is a blogger for uh, Dynasty fans. He had some good interviews with Marquez uh, or with Chauncey Stuckey earlier and a great article on Marquez Colson we're going to talk about today for all you guys thinking about drafting Marquez Colson. And on the off chance that you think Stuckey has some uh, fantasy value this year, maybe he does, maybe he don't, we will find out. Uh, and we also have uh, the Pros versus uh, Joe's draft we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, there's a lot of action there. That's over at the FFPC. And uh, just People coming on from all over, all over to uh, participate in this uh, and, and give away prizes, and it's just going to be a, a, a fun, fun time. Uh, my my name is Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football, and uh, as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Mike Trent, and Mike uh, Michael Vick is in the news, and is Michael Vick fantasy relevant? No, no, absolutely not, Scott. Uh, his his fantasy value may be relevant in uh, 2000, uh, say, 11, but right now, uh, no, it's not it's not relevant at all to me, and I hope it's not relevant at all to any owners. Uh, I'm looking at this uh, mock draft that uh, you guys 
we're going to be talking about tonight, and it's very interesting what I'm seeing. But uh, the way I see Mike Vick, you know, it, it's it, it, it's the way it happened. It it was it was a bad situation, but uh, he made his own situation. But the NFL has so many great players, and uh, that's what I hope that's what we're going to look forward to and uh, dwell on that. Well, let's see what the chat room thinks about that answer. They're going to give you a correct. Michael Vick will not be fantasy relevant this year, and uh, that's that's my gut, too. Obviously, I think he will get picked up by somebody. I don't know where he's going to start, and it's, I guess it's really not that important. UFL. But uh, What's that? UFL. He's going to start in no. the UFL. No, I think somebody will pick him up. My guess is that he 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 he, um, he fulfills a wildcat role for somebody coming in, spot duty, Come kind on, of Scott, just uh, making no make going to play in the NFL this year. No, making the making play. the occasional play. We'll, we'll see if he can make the occasional play for somebody uh, at some point in the season. I won't I won't go too far off on that. Uh, there was big news uh, coming out for for everybody that keeps up with the news. Uh, no, Sean Moreno. Uh, Matt Williamson of Scouts, Inc., he's predicting 1,500 total yards. Now, again, I would love for somebody from the Red versus Blue crew, thank you for being in the chat room, by the way, Azuri, Billy Waz, Rampo, welcome to the show this week, KO Kid, Sandman, Les, thank you. Uh, Lance is in the house, prognosticator as always. Thanks, guys, for coming. Uh, the crew always shows up on Friday night. But I'd love for the crew to for tell me about a little bit about Matt Williamson. Matt Williamson uh, is predicting basically a top ten season for Noshawn Moreno, Mike, fifteen hundred total yards, uh, and he's going. I don't know, late fourth round. Uh, what do you think about a fifteen hundred yard production uh, and a focal point of the offense prediction for Noshawn Moreno? Well, I'll tell you what. Projections are projections. Uh, Noshawn Moreno, I think you know he can get it done, but uh, you know who's to say? With these projections, I, you, to be honest with you, Scott, I don't I don't like hearing about projections of what this guy is projected to get as a rookie, as a rookie, as a rookie. Uh, you know that that's pretty tough. Now, you, if you if you throw the, all those numbers at me like Matt Forte, okay, I can buy it because Matt Forte's been there. He he he's been in the league for a little while. But no, uh, Marino, I honestly I can't buy that. Well, I'd, lo- I'd love to just find somebody that has a little bit of Matt Williamson validity here. Is it news or is it not? I'm not. I'm not too sure that it is. Um, so, you know, does he have upside? Absolutely. And this is what uh, you know. You've got Josh McDaniels uh, there as the new coach, and I can see a lot of shotgun with Orton and maybe some dump offs. But look, relate this back to the to the mock drafts that are going on right now. Okay, I just saw Noson Moreno go at RB twenty right behind Darren McFadden and Kevin Smith, and right before Ryan Grant <laughs> and Larry wow. Johnson, Marshawn Lynch. Okay, so people are taking Noshawn Moreno at RB20. Ryan Grant falling to 21 is a little ridiculous. Uh, well, but um, they got to be drafting Dynasty. That's the only way I can think of it. Well, you're, you're looking for lightning in the bottle. You had Forte, Chris Johnson, all these rookies. Several years in a row we've had a really good rookie crop, and, and any any running back in the first round is probably going to get a lot of work. Uh, Donald Brown very likely is going to get a lot of work even at the late part of the draft. 
But uh, with no Sean Moreno being drafted that high, I could, I could see something, a lot of work going on, but you've got so many backs in Denver, it's very hard to see. Uh, but, again, related to the draft, he's going before Grant and Marshawn Lynch and Larry Johnson. That, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm screaming, Scott. I mean, a lot of work. That's nice that uh, that he's going to get that workload, but he's still a rookie, and I can't, I can't do it. I, I mean, I can't pull the trigger on a rookie that quick to give me that many points, give me that many touchdowns, give me that many yards. It's, not, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and again, uh, another thing that I'm looking at here is, um, you know, if you go wide receiver, wide receiver, from a late position in the first round, let's say you're around that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 spot, you could still end up with your choice of Kevin Smith, Moreno, Grant, McFadden, Larry Johnson, two of those guys you could end up with by going wide receiver, wide receiver, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, or Megatron, get two big studs at wide receiver, and you could still get a Kevin Smith and Moreno. Now, with this type of news, you could probably expect to see him bumped up just ever so slightly ahead of some of those wide receivers like Braylon and Deshaun Jackson and Chad Johnson. You could see, you could easily see Mar- um, Noshaw Moreno going at the end of the third, and you'd have to take him as your RB1 at that point. So I'm not real, I'm not real happy about that. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be a fan of that strategy. But... Mike, conversely, if you go from late position back in that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, if you go running back, running back, instead you can land two, two wide receivers of the caliber of Hoosman Zada, Roy Williams, Braylon Looking Edwards, right and Chad now. Johnson. That, 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 yeah. That's not a bad Boy, start. A T.O. could fall to you at that, at that spot. Uh, uh, you know, so that's where you've got to have your draft strategy. You've got to have it in place and uh, know what you – Know what you want to do, because if you're going to go running back, running back, then you better have two powerful wideouts uh, left for you. And uh, like you said, uh, uh, T.J. Husmanzada, Brandon Marshall, uh, Brandon Edwards, uh, T.O., uh, they're out there for you. So, Well, and uh, Ryan Grant, just FYI, was running back 24 last year, being drafted at RB21 right now. So... It's sort of on that on that level playing ground, and, and I can understand you taking some upside guys if you don't like what Ryan Grant does, but he's such a big part of that offense. It's definitely hard to pass up a sure thing for a unproven rookie running back in a system full of backs and a new head coach. <laughs> I just don't know what what that what type of team that is, and is Denver does Denver have the defense to be in games and and be ahead and run the ball, or are they going to be Orton airing it out to Marshall and and Eddie Royal. And, again, that's another combination. The fact that Brandon Marshall is going so late. Again, let's look at these late-round positions, Mike, when we're looking at this mock draft. Late-round position, Brandon Marshall is going about 3-9. He's the last in that tier, Brandon Marshall is, of those real elite wide receivers, okay? And and with T.J. Husmanzada is right behind him. Yeah, he's right there in that next tier, I think. I think he's – or you can, you can – I'm not going to argue about that, but he's right there at the end of it, at the end of that third round. So if you went running back, running back, let's say Gore, D-Will, something like that lands in your lap, uh, and then you end up with Brandon Marshall uh, and Eddie Royal. I saw that uh, taken care of yeah. by uh, Mike Santos <laughs> not, not too long ago in a draft. He took Brandon Marshall and Eddie Royal. Why not? That's a, that's, a, that's a combo. That's a potent combo uh, to take. Now the only risk is, hey, I'm putting two. I'm putting a lot of eggs in my basket here. 
with two guys from the same team and the same offense. But, hey, those were some players last year. We're talking about quality studs with Marshall and, and, and Royal. Just looking at Brandon Marshall, um, he had 181 targets last year and was suspended for a game. Led the league in, in targets, Mike. And he's going wide receiver 14. It's a lot of, oh, there's a lot of question marks. There's a, there's a lot of question marks. He could be suspended for a couple of weeks. That's why he's falling. But still, would you be comfortable with Marshall as your wide receiver one? I think so, because in a strategy last year was to go ahead and take Royal, back him up with Royal, and then you didn't know you had a gym superstar on your hands in Royal, but you know you do now. You just have to pay a high price to get him. Well, I'm going to switch gears on you real quick, Scott. Uh, yep. Talk about unproven, whether it be a running back or wide receiver, uh, Pierre Thomas. This was uh, – this is a guy that I'm looking at, I've been focusing on, and the guy is, uh, he's getting drafted really high, in my opinion, and uh, he's unproven. What does uh, Pierre Thomas, for instance, in this draft, he's he's going 3-5, and obviously for a mystery team, it's his, uh, probably his first running back, I don't know, it could be a second or... It's his second first, running back, took, took Steven Jackson in the first. Pierre Thomas in the second or in the third, yep. But uh, what, 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 what's the draw for Pierre Thomas? I mean, what makes him that good right now? Well, let, let's just take a look at Pierre Thomas again. He's been a hot name, Mike, and if, if you're not really following why you can take Pierre Thomas as RB17 on the board, here's why. Um, you know, several games early, and he didn't really get going until week 11. Week 11 was his first game over 10 carries. Okay, and on 129 carries, on 129 carries, that guy had 12 touchdowns in that New Orleans offense, ranked number 20 overall. In week 11, he gets going, okay? So if he can rank 20 overall starting that late in the season, he can be drafted at, at running back 17 and be considered a steal, especially when, he, when, when Breeze is saying things like he's the, he's the starter. Uh, now, I personally have Pierre a little bit higher than most. My rankings were released last week over at FantasyFootball.com. All you have to do is log in for a free membership. If you don't have one already, go to FantasyFootball.com, click on the tools, go to rankings, and you'll see a drop-down of rankers. Click the FantasyFootball.com staff, that's us here, and you will see where I have, um, you'll, you'll, you'll see where I have Pierre Thomas. Uh, those rankings have been released. I've released running back, uh, quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end at FantasyFootball.com. And I'll just head over there right now to show you. Um, well, let, Pierre me, Thomas, let, me ask, Pierre, let me ask you this real quick, Scott. Uh, yeah, if yeah. we could throw in uh, – I've got him at 15. From from Josh, uh, from uh, the Triple D, uh, Pierre Thomas, <clears throat> Marshawn Lentz, or Thomas Jones? Well, I don't, I don't have them that close, actually, Mike. Pierre Thomas right now, uh, average, is going about 20, uh, 17, 18, 20, somewhere around 20 range. I got him at 15. Uh, let's see, Thomas Jones I have at RB32. And who else? You said Marshawn Lynch. I have at RB22, right behind Ryan Grant. Uh, and that's Can because I, I, don't, I don't like to miss a couple Jones games. Thomas Jones outscoring Pierre Thomas? I could see a Marshawn Lynch. 
I could see a Marshawn Lynch definitely outscoring uh, Pierre Thomas. I, I don't know a lot about if Pierre Thomas can stay healthy. We haven't really seen a full workload from him. Uh, being at Illinois, he did help, he, he did hold off Rashard Mendenhall uh, as a as a senior. But uh, Marshawn Lynch has that upside. Absolutely, he does. I just don't think we like what we're seeing with Fred Jackson. It looks like a uh, a definite uh, threat to his carries. You signed Dominic Rhodes. There's a lot. There's right. a lot there, and and Marshawn Lynch obviously has the upside, but you're missing a couple of games, and that can really be detrimental in these uh, in these high stakes leagues where every week counts. So yeah. I just I just don't like it. Now, can you back can you back him up with Fred Jackson later? Absolutely. But Mike, uh, I want to I want to continue to talk about this mock. We have uh, earlier in the show I told you we were going to have a we were going to have a guest on, and and Steve will join us here in a little bit from retiredrookie.blogspot.com. He's a um, Dynasty blogger, and he had an opportunity to uh, interview Chancey Stuckey. He also has a great article on Marquez Colson that was picked wow. up by one of the major websites that is generating a lot of buzz. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but looking at this mock draft, I'm, I'm, we're already through nine rounds, and it's very interesting, guys. It's a dead heat at running back and wide receiver. 41 running backs off the board, 41 wide receivers off the board. And oh. – it, 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 it's real even. All, all the way throughout, it's real even. Obviously, running backs start off a little bit faster, but by about the seventh round or so, eighth round for sure, they're, they're dead even, and, and, and they've been picked up. But I, I was in the seventh round, and I've got my three running backs, and I've got my three wide receivers. I'm already set, and now it's time for, right, a quarterback or a tight end or something like that. This is where the draft gets real interesting because people like to take the running backs and wide receivers, gobble those up in the first six rounds, fill up your lineup as much as possible. I've got my three starters at running back, hopefully three starters at wide receiver. What do you do? Is this when where you take you your quarterback? Go, yeah, is this where you take your quarterback? Is this where you take your tight end? And in FFPC, I think it's pretty clear. If you don't have your tight end, you've got to take your tight end. What <laughs> tight ends available? Which one? But – yeah, but let's look at WCFF scoring and look at the tight ends that are available at 7-5. At 7-5, Owen Daniels, Chris Cooley, Kellen Winslow are all still on the, on the board. Winslow, Cooley, Daniels, you've got your six guys and you're telling me that I can still get one of those tight ends? That's pretty impressive. Looking at quarterbacks, okay, and, and again, that's at, that's at tight end number six. So five guys have taken their tight end in the first six rounds. You've still got a chance at a top elite tight end in Daniels, Cooley, or Winslow. If you wait until the seventh round, that's uh, – I don't know if this is going to happen in Vegas, but this is what's going on right now in Mox. In, in the well, quarterback the position, quarterback? Quarterback. let's take a look at – yeah, let's take a look at quarterback. At quarterback, Tony Romo's still there. At quarterback number 10, Carson Palmer. Jay Cutler and Matt Schaub, all still available at 7-5 in the seventh round. So you've got tons of great quarterbacks, tons of great tight ends still available. So I'm thinking, you know what, continue to load up on real upside that I can really get behind. Is there something there that I can really get behind? I'm looking at Jonathan Stewart, Felix Jones, Darren Sproles. These are players I really can get behind. Darren Sproles is electric. Uh, and then a wide receiver, it's a little thinner. So, so basically, Scott, what you're saying is, uh, let's uh, let's lay low on the tight end, let's lay low on the run or the quarterback, and see what happens uh, because we can keep on stockpiling them wide receivers, 
keep stockpiling the running backs, and uh, we're going to have fun uh, come in the later rounds for the uh, or for the tight ends and uh, quarterbacks. Right. Well, that's my that's my point. And, and Lou's in the chat room saying that doesn't sound like value to me at tight end. Well, I agree with you. I go ahead and take the running back here at this point and wait for the value to continue to fall to me at tight end because I know it's going to be there. And sure enough, in the eighth round, Tony Romo is still there. Tony Romo well, at I'm, eight eight, so still there. Well, so, I, so I take Jonathan Stewart and then I get Tony Romo next. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, very overrated, in my opinion. I would rather have – now, take this, guys. I would rather have Carson Palmer versus Tony Romo. Okay, go on record. That's not as important to me as taking the, taking the quarterback. You can have Romo. You can have Palmer. You can have Roethlisberger, whoever you want there. The point is the quarterback value is still sitting there. And in the eighth round, like it, like, like it should be. And then in the ninth round, John Carlson's still sitting there. Okay, you know what? I'll take my chances with John Carlson as the tenth tight end off the board in the ninth round. So I've loaded up my running backs and wide receivers. I've went ahead and taken an additional flyer in the seventh round, a guy who can really be explosive. If there's an injury to D-Will, I've got the next Larry Johnson on my hands, right? Uh, yeah. The next young Larry Johnson, you know, Jonathan Stewart, in a running offense. Then I go ahead and take quarterback and tight end later. It seemed like a winning strategy, and so I just want to point it out. You can really wait on tight end quarterback according to these mocks. Now, Mike, you know as well as I do, we're not in September yet, and these things are going to continue to change and continue to evolve. And, you know, it kind of, I, would, I would like to have an early draft that we can really take advantage of in these high-stakes leagues to, um, to exploit some of this stuff. But we all have to wait till September, and you know what happens in September. There's so much information out thanks to – guys like Lou and, and football guys and, and who we're getting ready to have on. There's so much information out there. Everybody kind of catches up. Yeah, once uh, once things start heating up, uh, when everybody reports to camp, uh, the end of this month, uh, when all starts heating up and, you know, things get going on, then, you know, who's your uh, wide out one, who's your wide receiver two on that particular team. And then we really know what's going on at that particular time. But uh, right now, you know, I have a I have a pretty good pulse on who's going to be in that situation. The one big situation that I think will be good for all fantasy owners is the quarterback for the uh, Cleveland Browns because Derek Anderson, Brady Quinn, I don't know who's going to I don't know who's going to do it. Well, I don't either, and it's. It's uh, it's anybody's guess. It's that's that's the discussion for a later day for sure. Hey, I, I, this this mock is really interesting, and I'm going to go ahead and take the names out of the drafters. Go ahead and post it on my blog, uh, Mike. We launched that blog successfully. RedblueSports.blogspot.com. We'll go ahead and get a URL here when we can make our minds up on what that's going to be. But right now, it's over at Blogspot. RedblueSports.blogspot.com. We'll post our uh, mock over there for all to see. But uh, I, the things I'm finding the most interesting. Um, when I when I look at it, I, I see a wide receiver like Vincent Jackson going wide receiver 21. When last year he was at wide receiver 19, and he's continuing to evolve, continuing to get better. Obviously, Antonio Gates is going to be healthy. Maybe that takes away from him a little bit. But Vincent Jackson is a player that I really like this year to uh, to step up in a big way. And I just can't I just can't take a I just can't take a Chad Johnson over him. Not not from not after what I've seen in the last couple years. I just can't clear my mind with Ocho Cinco. 
No, I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it either, Scott. I mean, it, there is no way you can take uh, Chad Johnson over Vincent Jackson because yeah. Vincent Jackson has so much upside, and uh, Chad Johnson, you don't know what you're going to get. But then again, I mean, he could be lightning in a bottle and just sit there and blow your mind. But uh, Mike. Uh, we have a caller, and that is Steve Wierimski from RetiredRookie.blogspot.com. Steve, how are you, buddy? What's going on, Scott? How you doing? Well, better than I deserve, man. Welcome to Red vs. Blue, and thanks for coming on tonight. Uh, yeah, why don't you tell everybody... Sure, sure. Why don't you tell everybody who you are and where you're from and what this website is all about? Yeah, my name's Steve Wierimski. I mean, I just started up a blog about two months ago, and doing fantasy football for about 10 years. My blog is called Retired Rookie. And, yeah, I mean, I've just been interviewing a bunch of or trying to interview a bunch of football players. So far I've gotten Pierre Garçon of the Colts. I've gotten Chancey Stuckey, which we can talk about a bit here. And sure. also, also on the tap, i got uh, Terry Rhodes coming up soon. And I've actually been talking to Maurice Jones-Drew's agent, but that may not happen until midseason. But, and th- things are going well with the blog, and I'm just looking to talk to as many uh, NFL players as possible at this point. Well, that would be a, a huge score, uh, Steve. So congratulations on what you have had. We want to talk about Colson here in a minute because I want to save that. We actually brought that up over at BFD Fantasy Radio Show last Monday night, this past Monday, and it really generated a lot of buzz in the chat room. So that's when I reached out to you because a lot of people wanted to, to learn a little bit more about that microfracture stir surgery. But before we do that, Chancey Stuckey, is there any fantasy value here as a is a wide receiver too? First off, is he a wide receiver too this year for the Jets? I think so. Um, everything I saw last year when he was the three, I thought he was phenomenal. I mean, if you've read the if you read my interview that I posted up recently, I mean, he just seems to find the seams everywhere as a third receiver. The only question now I'm starting to get is I read something today where Rex Ryan is saying that Marcus Henry, well, he's he didn't say specifically Marcus Henry, but he was saying there's a re- receiver out there who's been doing nothing for the Jets previously, and it's not who you would think it, it would be. It's not one of the top four guys. So not Brad would, Smith, huh? No. I mean, I would think that would take out it would take out Cotri, it would take out Stucky, Clowney, and I think Brad Smith. Cause, yeah. And then that'll, that'll lead you Marcus Henry. I mean, the guy's got great size. He's about six four or so, over two hundred pounds. So. I mean, I, and he's also saying that Stucky's fit for the slot. Now, the one thing I don't know about Stucky is he's saying that Stucky's interchangeable between the plan on the outside and when they go three wide, that he'll play the slot. I mean, that's where I think he's more fit. But I guess we'll see. I mean, the Jets really don't have much stock receiver. So, uh, I mean, uh, don't, don't, don't speak so fast. They did sign one of Louisville's legends, Mario Urrutia, Mike Mar. <laughs> Mario Urrutia, what is he, like 6'7", 6'6", 6'7"? He's a beast. Yeah, he's a big dude, but I don't know. You think that guy's well, going to do something? Well, uh, he's he's very, very raw. We'll, we'll yeah. see what he can do. I, I, I was at the game where they played Miami, uh, the Hurricanes, when they were ranked in the top ten, and uh, Mario Urrutia had a big, big day against Miami's uh, weak corners. So uh, we'll, we'll see, but... Uh, the Stucky interview, I, I, I read over it on the website, and it was interesting. Uh, he's very humble, yeah, and, I mean, he's as, he, as he should be. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. I mean, the one thing that I thought was interesting is 
when I was asking him about the wide receiver competition, and he, you know, said it's all competitive and all that stuff, and I asked him who was leading at this point, it almost seemed like he was trying. Did we lose Steve? Mike, are you still with us? Yeah. Okay. It looks sounds like we lost. Sounds like we lost Steve for a minute. Maybe he can go ahead and and dial back in, and we'll get him back. It, it was an interesting interview. If you haven't checked it out, it's retiredrookie.blogspot.com. I'll link it in the chat room here in a minute. But he had Chauncey on, and it's it's going to be a question whether or not he can get that wide receiver two spot. And you know, you've got a new quarterback, you got a new coach. It, it, everything from the Jets looks like it's going to be a running offense uh, with a ground game and. But, you know, there is opportunity there. Coles is gone, and you've got Keller and Cottery, so it's not like you have to beat the world here to, to get an opportunity. You've got Clowney and Brad Smith. So, I mean, Stucky's a guy that could have some late, you know, fantasy value in the right leagues, and definitely in dynasty leagues he's worth stashing. Uh, I, think well, we got, we got, we, I think we have Steve back here. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. That's okay. We were just talking about Chauncey and, and, and the fact that, uh, you know, he has a couple of guys, but he's got opportunity. Yeah, I mean, he definitely does. What I was actually saying or starting to get to is, um, you know, I think the guy definitely has the talent to be the two. At this point, I really see him around 600 yards as at the number two spot, so I really think he will be fantasy relevant. Well, he's definitely fantasy relevant in some of those leagues that you don't have to submit a starter. Uh, the draft expert leagues and the best ball leagues, you know, go ahead and take a flyer on him. I'll bet you he has a couple of good games this year. You're just, you're just not going to know where they're at. So he's not somebody you can take in like the FFPC main or, or, the, or the WCFF. Yeah, exactly. Well, good score well, on that interview. All right, so let me, uh, let me jump in real quick. Uh, what, what's the uh, value of uh, Steve Breston right now? Because uh, let's face it, Edward Bowden and his agent—they've already said that it's going to come down to the uh, last minute before the last day uh, when they when they get a deal done, if they get a deal done in Arizona. And if they don't, which they probably will, but if they don't, uh, Steve Breston's value has got to go up. You love this guy. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think if if Bolden's gone. It's absolutely phenomenal value opposite Fitzgerald. He's not going to see the doubles. You have Warner tossing it all over the place. I mean, I think Breston would be phenomenal value. I mean, even as a number three, when Bolden was playing last year, he was even he was a decent starter. I mean, obviously it depends what type of league you're you're in, but I mean, I had him as he was a late round flyer for me, and I had him as the number five wide receiver, and he carried me to the championship in one of my leagues last year because I just plucked him at the end. I mean, I think he's phenomenal value that you can get, but obviously everyone's looking at this point and hoping that Bolden will be traded and you get a huge value guy late in the draft. Yeah, and Tony Sincata is one of the uh, Fantasy Sports Channel guys who has Steve Breston as wide receiver 29, pretty high. Uh, when you look at what, what wide receiver 29 is, um, Tony Sincata from Fantasy Pros 911, I mean, 29 puts him ahead of the likes of Lance Moore, Heinz Ward, Donnie oh. Avery. So, uh, yeah, he, he's high on Breston and his ability, and maybe that uh, he, he feels like, you know, Bolden is, is, is a goner. But I don't know. We're just not seeing anything from that. Uh, let, let's go ahead and get to the Marquez Colston article, Steve, and, and, and talk to us about this surgery, the background, and what this really means for players when you have it. Yeah, I mean, the basic background of the surgery is typically what you'll have is you'll have a knee scope, 
which which Colston had roughly a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago at this point. And what that does is that'll clean out all the torn cartilage or whatever. And then what typically you'll have after that is this microfracture surgery. And what that does is it infuses cells that will essentially replace your cartilage. And now that cartilage, the one, the one downside to that cartilage is that it's much more brittle. So it breaks down much quicker over time. So yeah. obviously you get a guy like Colston or, I mean, just people in general are going to break down and have a shorter longevity of their career. Um, yeah. So, so now what I did in my, I, I'm sitting with Colston in a few of my leagues. So what I decided to do, people were all freaking out on a bunch of the forums saying, I want to deal Colston. I don't know what to do for him, do with him. I'm not getting the value for him. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Colston and I'm going to compare all the guys who had microfracture surgery that I can find and see right. how maybe they'll, they'll line up with Colston. Awesome. So, I mean, Win- Winslow is probably the, one of the best examples that I found. Now I know, Col- I know Winslow's surgery was much more extensive than Colston's because the issue with Colston is he had an issue with his kneecap. And he had to get the cartilage, cartilage replaced to support his kneecap, whereas Winslow's was just completely blown apart. So that's why he needed uh, microfracture surgery. But, I mean, they're around the same age. Winslow had his surgery in January, similar to Colston. Winslow came back, played, played in a bit of the preseason, then had a monster year that following year. So, I mean, I, they're at similar ages, similar positions, so similar strain on the knees. I mean, you probably could even argue that Winslow's got a little bit more strain on his knees with all the blocking that he does, but um, definitely similar situation. So my conclusion after going through all the comparables is that I see Winslow and Colston similar. So short term, I really think the knee's going to hold up for Colston because I have you have Winslow who, who went through it, came back successfully. You have Deshaun Foster who misses his, his rookie year, with microfracture surgery. He came back and had about 800, 800 yards rushing, but ultimately got over 1,000 yards combined for a couple seasons there. I mean, he played decently. He had that, that memorable Super Bowl touchdown and everything. And Courtney Brown came back successfully. And Courtney Brown's the interesting one and why I think Colston may not be, for Dynasty League guys, a decent option because Courtney Brown had the knee scope, had the microfracture surgery, and after a bunch of years, he just continued to deteriorate in the knee because he needed an, a duplicate microfracture surgery after that, and then and then he basically yeah. fizzled. So, yeah, a lot more weight on that knee. And, and and guys, if you don't know microfracture surgery, I didn't really have a lot of background on it either. But you you, you said in your article the procedure consists of the following: the surgeon uses a small pointed tool to make very small holes called microfractures, tiny breaks in the bone near the damaged cartilage. The holes the surgeon makes in your bone releases the cell into your bones that build new cartilage. It just sounds painful. But yeah, exactly. it also, you also talked about recovery. Typically ranges from three months to a year. And, again, it, it, it does sound like Winslow was able to return. Uh, but, you know, Colson, you, you've got to, you, you have to rely on your speed if you're going to be on the Saints in that offense, and, and you've got weapons there. If you, need to, if you need to take a break, you've got other options. So if you have any kind of trouble with that knee, I can see them, you know, sitting to the side and saying, well, we're going to take care of you. 
we've got other, we've got other people, which which would be another uh, option, uh, another reason to draft Lance Moore. Sure, definitely. Well, we really like the article, Steve, and and I'll tell you what, I th- I, I know I, I heard that uh, some guys picked this article up, and it's definitely one that's relevant for dynasty owners and uh, and folks that are getting ready to draft Colston in the draft. And so ultimately, your conclusion with Colston this year. This year, I mean, I'm taking him when this when this guy is healthy, and I'm assuming he's healthy based on the fact that he's been back to the camp. He seems to be running around the right. When this guy is healthy, he's probably just as good as any receiver in the league. So I'm I'm definitely buying this guy for especially this year for redraft. And uh, then in a, in a in a dynasty perspective, dynasty. I'm what my plan with him. I have him in two dynasties at this point. My plan is to hold him this year. I'm assuming the knee's going to hold up. I'm going to wait for him to break it. I'm going to sell either late in the year if for whatever reason I'm not making the playoffs, or I'm going to sell off season next year and cash in on the value there. Because I don't expect I don't expect them to last like a guy like Jerry Rice, a guy like Jimmy Smith, Derek Mason. I don't see him going into his mid-30s at all. Yeah, you know what? I can see that because uh, there's no way he's going to be able to last. But uh, then again, you, he's the type of guy you almost have to hang on to because you would hate to release him or uh, trade him to another owner and watch him just flourish. Yeah, I agree. Also, also, Steve, you talked about having uh, uh, another interview coming up on the website. We're talking with Steve Wierenski. Uh, how do you say that? Wierenski? Wierenski. Wierenski. Sorry about that. We're talking with Steve Waremski from retiredrookie.blogspot.com, uh, a dynasty blogger, as well as uh, a couple of other just interesting tidbits on there. Go check out the site, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Dynasty rankings are very hard to come by, and as a dynasty player myself, I, I, I live on this stuff. I thrive on seeing other people's opinions, especially of the young guys. I mean, you know, Jay, Chase Coffin and James Casey, these tight ends, Sean Nelson, all these guys, these are interesting guys that you're thinking about building your team uh, with in the future, and so to have a resource to talk about them, uh, it's just it's just it, there's a lot more needed, and, and I, so I'm really thankful to see your blog taking off. You talked about another guy that you're you're you're, you're coming up on a, on a potential interview. Yeah, I'm Kerry Rhodes. Actually, I have two coming up. Sidney Rice of the Vikings. I just missed him last week. We had something scheduled, but he got caught up and we missed. So I'm hoping to have that this week. Kerry Rhodes have been in contact with that should also be within the next week or so. So those are the, those are the two on tap. And I'm actually heading up to Cortland to the Jets camp. I'm going to try to catch some guys up there, see if maybe I can meet Chancey in person. And I'm going to just check out the camp up there, and I'll write have a nice write up after I watch watch a couple practices and so and such. We are gonna we are gonna talk about the high stakes world here in a minute, guys, with the FFPC and the pros versus Joes. We've already broken down the, the WCFF mock. We're going to come back to it. But we are talking with Steve Wawrimski from retiredrookie.blogspot.com. Uh, Steve, give, a, give the listeners uh, that play Dynasty. We've got a lot of Dynasty listeners in the chat room. Give the listeners a running back that you're real high on that you may be higher on than most in the world of Dynasty. I think I know, Scott, I know you're a fan of him as well. I'm a big fan of Jamal Charles. I really think – I know you guys were talking, I was listening earlier on, about Larry Johnson going in top 20 running backs. I really think Larry's going to break down this year, and I I really see Jamal Charles getting a shot at that number one spot. I think point per reception, he's a phenomenal guy to have. I'm just 
he's one of my main guys that I'm looking at and trying to grab anywhere I can. And he played well, in a big-time conference. Yeah. I mean, he's got everything you need. I definitely think he's a guy that may step up. Another guy, another guy I absolutely love is Bernard Scott out in uh, Cincinnati. Deep sleeper. De- I mean, absolutely. I mean, he he wasn't drafted till I'm in some 12 team 12 team dynasty leagues, and he's uh, wasn't drafted a third round or so. But I mean, and at his school, he was absolutely a beast. I'd be, I mean, I'm another guy I'm trying to get anywhere I can. And, I mean, he, OTAs, buzz building about him. But those those two guys I'm really looking to step well, you, up. You mentioned Larry Johnson you're not high on. Talk about, and go ahead and Mike after this, talk about a, a running back you're not high on other than Larry Johnson. Ryan Grant, another guy you guys were talking about. I actually, I don't I'm actually writing up something right now. Deshaun Wynn, I think, is a huge deep sleeper. If he wasn't wow. injured a few a few years ago, I really think that he would be the starting back there right now. The running back coach out there, I just read an article earlier this morning saying that he's looking great. The only problem with him is he's a bit injury prone. But if he comes back strong, I'm not impressed. I just have never been, and I'm not a fan of Ryan Grant. I just think he runs too upright. I know his vision's decent and everything, but... I really don't think he's long for this league. Well, that makes sense to me, Steve. Uh, the one thing that I was uh, thinking about was uh, he was talking about the uh, Kansas City running back. Oh, shit. It's, it escapes my mind right now. But, uh, Jamal Charles. Anyway, yeah, Jamal Charles. He's running against Oakland. And Denver, mm-hmm. and both times Oakland and Denver have shut down the run. Does that bother you at all? I mean, because let's face it, Oakland, they're not very good, but they shut down the run. So does Denver. Yeah, I mean, I think I, the one thing that would concern me about Jamal Charles is through the tackles. I think he's better situated running tosses, sweeps. Open in open space and stuff. I guess that was to some extent, but I don't think Larry Johnson in the past couple of, past year was really all that great behind that behind that line against those defenses either. So, I mean, Larry to me is just broken down after all the a ton of carries he's gotten. But yeah, I mean, I see the point with the defenses in that conference that shut down the run. But I really think Jamal gives them the best shot at either taking it taking it the distance. Or just getting it in open space and doing with the ball. We are talking to Steve. Charles can give me, uh, he can give me 100 yards rushing and uh, 50 yards receiving and one TD against the Raiders. You're asking me if he can do that? Shut it up. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike's getting the mute button right now, okay? Because ratings are are dropping rapidly as we speak. I'm looking at the I'm, I'm looking at the counters. We're, we're talking to Steve Waremski from RetiredRookie.blogspot.com. Steve's a dynasty blogger and a little bit more. Uh, Steve, talk to the fans about um, and and the, and the listeners here 
on Red versus Blue, talk about a wide receiver that you're really high on in the dynasty world that may not be on as high on other people's list. Chad Jones, out out in Oakland. He finished the year phenomenally. Last last two weeks of the season, I think he had like four catches, 50 yards, and both had a touchdown. He's got great size. I've been reading in OTAs, he was catching the ball everywhere. He's just catching everything. He's putting in a ton of overtime out there in Oakland, and he's just the guy who's working hard out there. And obviously, Hayward Bay has been hampered by that hamstring. So he, I actually read today that Higgins and uh, Schillens are, are the projected starters at this point, just due to the fact that DHB isn't really wow prepared to be out there at this point. So Schillens is a guy I love. Obviously, you got Zach Miller there, and Russell isn't exactly, you know, moving along too quickly. But Shillings, I have even in dynasty leagues, he's been drafted in like my 26th round or something. I'm not. I I would doubt he's drafted in most redraft leagues at this point. Right. Yeah, I love that name, Chaz, because that's one of my yeah, favorite right? uh, favorite uh, appearances in movie of, of all time, Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, uh, what what about a wide receiver? I don't think you've released the wide receiver ranking, so I don't want you to have to reveal too much. But what what's a wide receiver that you're kind of down on that you're seeing going way way higher than they should? I'm not a fan of Bernard Berrien at all. I feel like he's a mediocre receiver with Percy Harvin in there, with Sidney Rice coming back from knee injury. He looks to be running without the knee brace on there. I really think that Bernard is not going to be – getting a lot of touches out there. There's also that Uh-oh. guy, I, I don't know if you know, Jamar Johnson. I don't know if you've read anything sure. about that. But he's he was working out with Chris Carter, Larry Fitzgerald and everything. Chris Carter said he's got some of the best quickness and the best hands that he's seen. I mean, he's he's kind of small. He's under only 125 pounds. But I, there, I just think that he's going to be phased out. Well, anything's possible. And uh, I know Lou is a big fan of uh, Bernard Berrien with uh, Brett Favre coming in, and and and, and rightfully so. I, I think he can have a, a good year with Favre. Favre didn't really improve numbers though for Coles and Cotterie. You would think that you know that they would be beasts or something, but they weren't. Uh, you know, Cotterie was 26, Coles a little higher. You would think that the, that they would have more of an impact with Berrien. He's going right now, wide receiver 28 in redraft, uh, or thereabouts, and he's going in front of guys such as Lavernius Coles and Lance Moore and. I don't know, that's that's a hard sell for me, especially in both of those offenses, Cincinnati and New Orleans. I don't think I don't think I could take them that high. Yeah, no, I mean I agree. One other guy that I'm loving is Chris Henry. I just love what I'm reading about I mean, Palmer just seems to have a huge band crush on Henry at this point, calling him Baby Moss, just saying that I mean, they just seem to have the chemistry. Henry finally has got it seems to have his head on straight. It's been about eight months or to a year where he hasn't been in the news about being arrested or something, so Seems like yeah. he's finally got his stuff together. I really think he could have a solid year as well. Let's talk about uh, a guy that hasn't came up. Do you want to stick around for the show, Steve? Sure. Yeah, let's let's chat, man. We've got uh, we're going to be talking about the pros versus Joe's challenge here in a minute. But we've got we're still looking at this WCFF mock draft, and there's so many interesting things to talk about here. Antonio Bryant, uh, wide receiver, 25 in the draft right now. Uh, a lot of questions at quarterback. No, no real telling what's going to happen here. I think there was a story out recently uh, that, that said that it's Josh McCown's job to lose. I'm not so sure if that really matters all that much. But Antonio Bryant at wide receiver 25, 
Um, Cottery, Gonzo, Coles, Lance Moore uh, it, are all being drafted uh, right around that area. Tied 12th last year in targets. Tied for 12th with 137, but that was with Garcia, Steve. Uh, but he just went wide receiver 25 in this mock after the likes of Cotchery and Anthony Gonzalez. What are your thoughts on that? Cotchery, I really think, is up for a hit. Cotchery, I think, is up for a big year. I would definitely take Cotchery ahead of Bryant just because I, I guess there, there's uncertain, uncertainties in both areas. You've got Sanchez and Clemens. You don't know who's going there. Ultimately, I think it's Sanchez who will rely a bit on, I think, Keller and Cotchery big time. But I would definitely take Cotchery over Bryant because Bryant's got, I mean, you're talking McCown, Freeman or Leftwich. I'm just, I, and if anybody, Winslow is going to have the thousand-yard re- receiving season there. Bryant had no no one like Winslow to compete with last year. They now have Graham and Ward in the backfield. I just don't see as many opportunities for Bryant to take him at 25. I mean, you got more in that high octane offense going underneath with Colston. Hope uh, Colston's back healthy. It's only going to help more. I just would definitely, in a redraft league, be taking more and Cotchery. And, I mean, Coles is a little bit tougher. So, for me, if Coles holds on to the to the second job, fine. But I really think Henry's going to come on big this year. So, that's – I'd probably take Brian ahead of Coles just based on that belief. But, I mean, if you think Coles is going to take that number two spot, I've seen a bunch of guys thinking that he's going to just be top 20 hands down just because he's got Ocho on the other side and he's sitting with Palmer throwing him the ball. But, I mean, for me – I'd take Moore and Kachari ahead of Brian. I've I've cooled on him a, a little bit here. Uh, you know, I had him at one point wide receiver uh, 17, and I've, I've definitely cooled on him since then. Uh, that was about a month ago, month and a half ago. Uh, I've got him right now wide receiver uh, 28, uh, right there in the realm of Bernard Berry and Torrey Holt type decision uh, when you need to take a player there. And Antonio Bryant right there as well, 25. I think that there's uh, definitely some upside that exists. Coles could definitely be a, um, a safety valve, uh, mm-hmm. similar to what we had in Hoosh. I don't know if he has that big play potential. I, I, we saw it with Favre that he made plays, though, and Favre found him, and it looked like Favre just owned in on Coles. I, so I don't know why that was. I thought Cotchery was just as – I thought Cotchery was more talented, to be honest with you, at that stage in his career. But Favre just seemed to zero in on Coles quite a bit and zip it in there in the back of the end zone Coles would be running a pattern, and there he would be right in the back of the end zone. And I'm like, okay, that's Coles again. I could see Palmer developing that type of relationship, and you can't sell me on Chris Henry overtake, you know, taking a spot like that. You're just not going to be able to sell me on that guy. I know he can stretch the field, and he's a burner, but I don't know anything else. As soon as he gets a little bit of success, what happens? You know, he's hungry right now. He wants to take an opportunity. What if he has a big game? I mean, is he out there partying? You know, I'm not. I'm not taking a chance on that. I'd, I'd definitely be happy with Coles and. And, I'm, and, I, and I take him right around that area of Heinz Ward, uh, Bernard Berrien, and Torrey Holt, guys that, are, that all have upside, but there's still some questions there. So it's one of those things that, you know, if you're getting him at wide receiver 29 or 30, you're getting a, a steal, in my opinion. So, well, guys, uh, Steve, do you, you have anything else to add? Just as far as that goes, yeah, I mean, Henry's a huge, a huge boom-bust guy. And a huge wild card. I totally agree with that. I just, I just, at this point, the where you can get Henry and the upside he's got, I think he's a legitimate. He could be a legitimate number one receiver in the NFL. He had the talent. It's just the off the field issue. If he's got that rallied in, 
But if, if he if he has a big game, starts screwing around and everything, I agree Coles is, is your guy there and the guy to get and he'll definitely be I would think outscore Bryant if he's if he's the starter. Don't uh, – let's look back at this mock draft here. Don't Holmes and Jack make great wide receiver twos? Let's answer that question. Santonio Holmes and Vincent Jackson, do they make great wide receiver twos? I think so. I, lo- I love them both. The only thing with, with Vincent Jackson is you got to worry about – he's got that, drunk, that DUI issue going on. If he misses time, obviously that hurts big time, but – if not, Rivers just seems he's he's that he's that long ball guy for the Chargers, Vincent Jackson. He's improved every single year. The one thing that's concerning is his huge yard per catch. I think he, from what I remember, he was like 18 yards per catch or something. But it was something astronomical. I mean, if he doesn't start becoming more of a possession guy, I mean, that's gonna that the the risk is there. But I I would definitely take a shot on those two guys as number two. Or yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, if you can get wide receiver two with a Santonio Holmes or a Vincent Jackson type, I mean, heck, let's even stretch it, you know, Anthony Gonzalez, somebody like that, somebody that can, can you know, in, a, in the Colts offense. If you can get them and, and they can wait until round five and you're grabbing two running backs and two wide receivers and, and your second wide receivers in round five, that allows you to confidently take an elite quarterback or tight end early this year. Now, yeah, I, that's just I me. Agree. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I like Holmes a little bit more than Vincent Jackson. I just feel like Ben and Holmes through that playoff run seem to develop a little bit more of chemistry. And well, I, I, yeah. I'm still not, not, not sold on that, Steve. I'm still yeah. not sold on that. San Antonio Holmes, what I, I, I agree with you. They, there's chemistry there for sure. But what is the game that you remember the most out of Holmes? Oh, it's absolutely the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Who are they playing? <laughs> exactly. Who are they playing? They're playing where Brett Favre threw for like 10 touchdowns that game, okay? Arizona is not anything to be proud of. You could dominate them, and, and it wouldn't surprise me. So, yeah, he had a two-for-70 game against Baltimore. He caught a long ball against Baltimore, okay? He got behind them. At San, at San Diego, he caught two balls for 25, okay? This guy had no games over five receptions, uh, you know, two, three, three, five, two, four, Okay, I had a five-reception game against Cincinnati. I had a five-reception game against San Diego, and everybody lit up San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had another five-reception game against Cincinnati, and I had a five-reception game against Cleveland. Okay? And then you come out of nowhere with nine uh, in Arizona. I'm not so sold uh, on San Antonio Holmes being as high as everybody has him. Now, granted, uh, will I take him at wide receiver 22? Absolutely. Uh, you know, 25 range, sure, but much higher than that, I don't. I don't think I can do it. Yeah, I don't. I don't see him as a number one receiver for fantasy purposes at all. And I definitely think, like you're saying, he's we're having issues uh, with Steve Wyremski's, uh connection. Hopefully, he can dial back in. And we we lost Mike there for a minute, but Mike Mike is back. We had uh, we had some technical difficulties there. Or Mike, did you just get? Your feelings hurt, or what happened there, bub? It's all good. <laughs> hey, we've got pros versus Joes. We got five minutes left, Mike. Uh, pros, versus, <laughs> pros versus Joes draft challenge. Uh, you need to go check it out. The FFPC dot com uh, fantasy mojo has done a fantastic job uh, with this challenge, and it's just taken off. It's actually a, fun, 
a phenom event, if you ask me, because nobody expected this thing. Here we are. We thought all the, you know, Alex and Dave at FFPC has been giving us event after event, and all of a sudden, Mojo comes out of nowhere with a concept, pros versus Joes, and everybody says, yeah, let's jump in, and then the momentum just took off. This thing has caught like wildfire, guys. Uh, 26-player draft, and this thing is, is across five different leagues, 60 teams, Mike. The overall field is separated into five divisions, so each 12-man league here conducts their own draft. And each, in each draft, there's six pros and six what you call Joes, message board guys, guys that are playing in the high-stakes world. To be honest with you, I'm a Joe. I, I was included on the, the quote-unquote pro list just because I, I do a show, and, and we can talk about it here, I think. But, you know, use me. Go ahead. But, uh, you know, this is a fun contest, and it's really generating a lot of buzz. You've got to go check out this message board and, and what's going on. But websites have joined around from all around the country, footballguys.com. I tell you what, Scott, it makes a Joe become a pro. I mean, when you uh, – uh, what's the website? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, it's over It's over at myffpc.com. Just go on the message board, and it's right there at the top in the yeah. in the general discussion. General discussion. Uh, it, makes a, uh, it makes a Joe become a pro uh, when you're dealing with uh, a lot of uh, high-stakes uh, owners and things like that. It makes them that much more fun. And just go in there and uh, – Make a Joe become a pro. You never know. Well, Football Guys just came on board. Uh, they're offering up a three-year Football Guys subscription to the top team in each of the five different leagues. Fantasy Football Traders offering up a 2010 subscription to every Joe across all five leagues that outscores them. <laughs> Draft Sharks came on. They're offering a free lifetime subscription to any Joe who wins the league. That's Lenny Papano coming on. Mark Moyer is going to draft for him. Uh, plus he's giving away $100 to any Joe who wins the league that he's in. And then Fantasy Football Oasis offering up $50 cash to the overall champ. FantasyTrophy.com is giving a trophy of $169 value. And then Dave and Alex, Mike, we've only got a couple minutes left in the show. Dave and Alex really yeah. stepped up. They are awarding $150 per team if either the pro or Joe side sweeps the winner of all five leagues. If the pros wow. sweep all five leagues, everybody gets 150 bucks. And if the pros sweep all five leagues, that's 150 bucks. Will it be hard to do? Sure, but uh, the retail value I see here is about 4,500 dollars. So Dave and Alex uh, really coming through and, and, and making uh, a little bit of upside here for these pros and Joes to, to get the trash talk going. That's cool. That's cool. We got a quick call from the 905. 905, are you with us? Yes, I am. All right. Well, what's your question? We got about ninety seconds. My question is, if you have ever seen a wolf vagina in a dolphin's penis? Okay. <laughs> you never know what's going to come out on a Friday night, you Mike. You never know. <laughs> You're blocked. <laughs> okay. We got them all. We've got them all pouring in. Four one five three one zero. Let's. Let's see what the uh, let's see what the three one zero has to say. Three one zero, you're on the air. Actually, wow. Okay, there's about twenty guys logged in the chat room. There must be, like I said, Blog Talk Radio was a little buggy, guys. Look, forty five seconds to go, Mike. Finish this off, yep. here, buddy. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's uh, let's look forward to uh, the weeks the week ahead. 
uh, basically what what's Brett Favre going to do, what's going to happen, and uh, just uh, keep focused on uh, on your running backs, your wide receivers, and uh, let's see what happens with uh, quarterback situations, especially in Minnesota. Well, yeah, there's a lot going on, and uh, I'm just excited to break down this draft. Go over to the blog. We'll be posting this mock for everybody to see. It's Red vs. Blue. We'll see you next Friday. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. You know when you've hit it big, uh, the spammers come out, man. We had like 20 people on uh, on the switchboard wanting to pop on there, man. Spammers, some kind of uh, wild spam effort went on, man. Yeah. All right. You got some... that one dude? I was like, who? <laughs> you got some fans in the chat room, man. Azuri, Azuri's talking about Mike T was great tonight. <laughs> What was the buzz meter tonight? We got to that late in the show. What was what was the buzz meter all about? Uh buzz meter about an eight. An eight, a solid eight. A solid eight because I shot forty three on the freaking front and it pissed me off. Well, I don't blame you. Steve was on. Steve Waremski from retiredrookie.blogspot.com. Check out his dynasty website for dynasty advice. Oh, I know you're in a couple of leagues with uh, it Dynasty, and uh, Steve has a, a nice little thing going on there. Um, I definitely go check him out. And then again, uh, Fantasy Mojo has the Pros versus Joe's Challenge. Uh, two big things going on, Mike. We also secured an interview with uh, with one of the big names in fantasy football. I can't reveal it tonight, but it's the biggest oh. name in high stakes fantasy football, uh, in my opinion, and. Uh, has been asked to interview several Friday? times, and uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Hopefully, it is next Friday. Uh, but I did get a commitment uh, to do the interview uh, today, and we're real excited about it. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll let everybody know a little bit more about that as as the time progresses. But man, I'm just pumped about this mock draft. I don't know if the season it, it's gonna come out like that. Uh, when I'm looking at Fitzgerald, Andre Calvin, sure, all that makes sense, but. 
there's just so many different possibilities this year, and I look at these teams, and I'm like, that looks good. And then I look at a couple other teams, and I'm like, that kind of looks good, too. That looks you good, know? too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can you can find lots of different ways to win this thing, but I think if you're gonna if you want to win a big prize, you got to win your league. So you you have to win your league of twelve first before you're gonna do anything. So Let me it's important. This, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at a trade that uh, I saw the one that I told you about earlier. Uh, Tony O'Brien. Let's see, is that it? Nope. Okay, well, uh, go ahead, Scott. I'm I'm looking at a trade. I'm gonna pull up this trade and uh, I'm gonna okay. uh, break it down. Well, I just I just have these fantasy rankings uh, released again. Fantasyfootball.com. Uh, if you go to tools on the top of the page and then go to rankings, you'll find um, the rankers there. You click Fantasy Sports Channel. Mark Ronick and the guys at thefantasysportschannel.com. Uh, we're all on there. We've got our rankings uh, put up. And again, um, you know what? I'm a little bit higher on a couple of guys than most. I'm, I'm high on Greg Jennings. I've got him number three overall, Mike, uh, behind Larry right. Fitzgerald and Andre Johnson. A little bit high there. I'm revealing my cards. I don't know well, if it's going to end, end up to Burmy later. I pulled it up real quick, Scott. Um, mm-hmm. An owner gave up uh, Mark West Colston, Josh Morgan, and 2010 first-rounder for – Andre Johnson. That's wow. It. Wow. Mark West Colston, 2010, round one for Andre Johnson. That's a lot and to didn't give you, up didn't for you Andre say, Johnson. Didn't you say also uh, Josh Morgan? Yep. Basically, well, I, three, three stud spots, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, that would be that would be hard for me to do, um, considering Colson's upside, um, definitely in that offense. But uh, AJ is that type of player. I, I don't think I could give up that much. Uh, I don't, I don't think know, I could I give up that much. I was kind of surprised when I saw it, and I yeah. was like, okay, well, so be it. Well, I can understand it though. If you have AJ and you're a fan, you go out and get your guy. I asked Steve uh, from retired rookie, and he also said the Colson side as well. So. Uh, back to these wide receiver redraft rankings, Mike. Um, just looking, yeah. trying to understand, trying to understand who I'm higher on or lower on than most uh, in the rankings. Uh, it's pretty even here, no big surprises. Um, I've got um, Deshaun Jackson. I'm a little higher on Deshaun Jackson than most. I've got him 15 uh, versus 21. He's average of, uh, I'm sorry, versus 20. So I'm a little bit higher on Deshaun Jackson. I just really like the articles that are coming out on Deshaun. The writers love him. Philadelphia, uh, the fans, uh, everybody in the area, the blogs, if you go to the message board, everybody's talking up Deshaun Jackson and how well he and McNabb are clicking. Hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think you have him in a league or two. I think you'll be pretty happy with his performance. A guy that yep. I'm down on is Heinz Ward. I'm not taking a chance on Heinz Ward this year. I've got him 36 in my rankings. Um, could it be that Heinz Ward is still the number one in, in Pittsburgh? Absolutely. I'm just going to let somebody else find out. I just, I just think it's one of those <laughs> things where I'm, I'm starting to see the age come on, and, and, and I just rather not attack it. I'm also, I'm also down on um, Donald Driver. Again, another player that I, I see talent all around him. James Jones and Jordy Nelson, guys that are really itching at the chance to get more involved yeah. in that offense. 
not looking exactly. forward to drafting Jordan, Donald Driver. Jordy Nelson is just itching at it. He's wanting the chance, and uh, you know Donald Driver's pretty much saying, "Well, whatever," you know, and uh, it's kind of kind of frustrating if you're a Green Bay Packer fan, especially. Well, yeah, you, Driver holds a special place in your heart for sure. Uh, at running backs, I'm a little higher. Uh, I'm a little down on LT. I've got him at number 10 on my list. I don't even know if I take him at 10. Um, but, you know, because I've got Marion Barber still there. I've got Michael Turner still there. Oh, man, Turner's going to be slated. He's probably still going to get, you know, 15 touchdowns or so with what everybody's what saying. LT, what if LT drops in the second round like we may think he will at a pretty good position, second, third? You know, impossible to turn range. him down. Impossible huh? to turn him down. Impossible. I've got him at five, and exactly. he's been considered, but it's just it's it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> no, it's just not just not going to happen. So that means um, he's going to bed early in Chicago. That's right. That's right. We know we know who's going to take. Yep. Yep. Uh, and again, I'm higher on Pierre Thomas than most. I've got him at 15, where his average is 24. Um, I, I've got him at 15 just because I tell you I, I love the upside that he presents. I, I like Reggie Bush too. If I if I had a if I had a different spot in the draft where I could get them both, I would. But right now at the five spot, I'm really I'm really ta- I'm hoping to get Pierre at three five. If he's not there, you know what? Life goes on, and I take a a wide receiver like a Wes Welker. You know, I'll, I'll be fine with that. I, I just cannot be sold on Pierre right now. Well, you definitely you definitely can't take him over Wes Welker then. No, I cannot. I cannot. I, I just I, I cannot be sold on Pierre uh, just based on what they do. I, I mean, I love the fact that they uh, run a spread offense and things like that, but I'm just not sold on Pierre. Well, I am, and, and I hope it doesn't come back to Birmingham. He's, <laughs> he's the one guy that I really like to have. Uh, and, and, man, I tell you what, I'm drafting at 11 in this pros versus Joes draft. I'd really like to uh, do well in this league. And, and, and looking at the 11 spot, I mean, uh-huh. if, I can get a, if I can get a Gore or a D-Will at the 11 spot, I'm going to be very, Wait. very happy. Yeah, I'll be very happy Wait. to pair them both up. And then, like I said, Mike Santos showed me uh, in a draft he was in, I would not be afraid of taking Brandon Marshall and Eddie Royal in the 3-4 turn. I, I could do I'm it. Like- no, yeah, I could do it, and because yeah. the upside is even higher if something, I mean, if something does happen to Brandon Marshall, it makes the Eddie Royal pick, pick even better. So oh, absolutely. And wh- it, what yeah. do you think is going to eventually happen with Brandon Marshall? I think uh, he's going to well, sign with yeah. uh, Denver and just, or not sign with, but he's going to report to camp. He's going to play with Denver. Yeah, likely, likely that's going to be the scenario. He, he's not going to have a lot of options. He's going to have to turn down a whole lot of money if he wants to yeah. uh, to, to strike up that band. And and I, I don't think he's going to. At the end of the day, I don't think he has the, the guts to do something like that. So yeah. I, I I play it safe if I were him and just go ahead and report to camp. You know, but Mike, we got to run, man. It's been a good show. Thanks for right. thanks for coming on as always. And uh, hey, Harry Douglas, just just listen to the whispers a little bit. Harry there Douglas is making some moves in Atlanta. The next. Wes Welker.
dog of a deal. Homeless are looking for males. The thief is still looking to steal. You chasing the money, you chasing, you praying for marriage, romancing your honey. I'm searching, but where does it end? I'm leaning on calling a friend. I'm running and running for someone to lend me a hand or to help me ascend. To be on top of the world, gotcha, gotcha, girl. It's what you wanted, what you want, it's what we're living for. Lift up my eyes to be on top of the world. 